Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All right. The BS Hour returns. Bloom Daddy and Sam. 1170 WWVA. You know, she took another vacation day. One of her 900 she takes a year. So we didn't have a show yesterday. But here we are again. You had a great weekend in Cleveland. No compliments of... Well, of, not me. Not you. Um, wonderful weekend. Came home with a W. Once again, Joe Burrow stumbles in Cleveland Stadium. And can't wait for Monday Night Football. But had a beautiful time. Great time off. And we're back. Do you have any connections? Did you get, you and the people you were with, get like a great tour of we did. the iHeartMedia yes. downtown studios? We did. We got a That's tour. Um, got to see Bernie at one of the tailgate parties. So it was a great time. That's and of good. course... You can't beat it with the Cleveland Brown fan of the year. I mean, that's that's oh, the way yeah. to go to a home opener. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. All right. The big story we want to talk about today is the headline in the intel about a certain someone with Roxby Development being indicted by the feds. Surprise, surprise. Shocker. We told you this was going to happen. <laughs> I mean, I specifically told you the feds were investigating him. I, I, I didn't know what for, but weeks ago. Four, weeks ago. Yeah, four or five weeks ago. And we've been telling you about Roxby Development for over a year. Mm-hmm. The only news source in the Valley that would touch this story. But anyway, go ahead with the details, and then I'll get back on the weak-ass media here in the Valley. So, okay, Jeffrey Morris, 36 years old. He has been charged with wire fraud. This uh, centers around $350,000 that was to rehabilitate the Scottish Rite Cathedral. Now, along those lines, along with this, Roxby Companies received $6.9 million from approximately 20 different investors into what they were supposed to be doing in all this rehabilitation work at all these different properties in the Wheeling area. Now, he was uh, he surrendered Friday. His passport was taken and he was released under a terms and conditions imposed by the court. So, like you said, we've been talking, we talked about this four or five weeks ago that he was being investigated. And he was investigated by the FBI and the Internal Revenue Service. So, this is not state, these are very large charges. Yeah, federal charges. Mm-hmm. So, let's get back to the weak local media here. The Intel finally decides to cover this. I saw t- WTRF TV7, WTOV9, they all run with the story. They purposefully ignored this story. For a number of reasons. Number one, because I was talking about it. They hate me because I call them out for basically sucking, which they do. Okay. Uh, Number two, it's because they don't want to give any credit to WWVA or iHeart or the BS Hour for breaking this story a long time ago. And the biggest thing is, I mean, Jeffrey Morris, Roxby Development. You know, they interviewed him. You've got people that work at these stations, the newspaper, friends with him, riding his coattails, advertising dollars, all those things that make the local media, the pathetic media that not all of them, that most of them are. 
This was a huge story when we broke mm-hmm. it. They didn't have to mention us. They didn't have to mention me. They didn't have to mention this show. But when when we're interviewing employees, former employees, who are calling this guy out, it would have been very easy to get in touch with them and do their own investigation. Mm-hmm. If those people were willing to speak to us, they would have been willing to speak to WTRF, the Intel, WTOV9, but they didn't do it. So the question is why? Is it lazy? Is it well, potential advertising dollars, is it whatever it may be? They're the ones that know. Work. Yeah, actual work. <laughs> but we served this story up on a platter. Mm-hmm. And then I got shut down by the iHeart attorneys because mm-hmm. he fired off his attorney, fired off a cease and desist. And I argued with him. I said, look, I've got his employees on. I've got this stuff, blah, blah, blah. Didn't matter. Somebody else could have taken this story and ran with it. They decided not to. And it's sad. It's really sad because the people of the Valley miss out on good journalism every damn week because you've got young people who don't have the contacts, you've got older people who are lazy in the local media, or you've got people running these stations or newspapers that are just too tied in and they don't want to do a story on a buddy. Or somebody who may be giving them advertising or whatever it may be. All I can say is the local media here can say whatever they want. They missed this story for over a year. We lined the people up. Their names were out there. Mm -hmm. And they chose not to interview them and looking into Jeffrey Morris. And that's a damn atrocity to journalism. Well, and the thing that's so funny is when we were served the cease and assist, at that point in time, We had gotten out the pertinent information. Mm -hmm. It was already out there. It was out. Silver platter. It was right there. So that they missed the boat on basically silencing us because we and the whole point of getting this story out there was put giving the people, the employees who were not being paid, who were they didn't have a voice and they didn't have a platform. And we gave them that platform. And that was the point of this story. The point of the story was he's employing local people and they're not being paid, either from top level employees to bottom level. Everybody across the board was having issues. And that is why we wanted to get this story out there. It was also to let people know that if Jeffrey Morris is coming knocking on your door asking for you for, for you to money, invest right. in his company, you better think twice about mm-hmm. it. Or if you've got a wedding or a reception planned at the Scottish Rite, you better think twice about it. We were trying to alert the public about what was going on behind the scenes, that this was going to come to a head, and you better watch yourself. And the rest of the media didn't even pick up the football. We handed it to them. They purposefully fumbled it. And this is the thing that's driven me nuts in all the years that I've worked in this valley is that I have seen this time and time again. And then all of a sudden they do the story after the fact. And they want to sit there and say, well, first on here, first here, (laughs) we broke the story. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? In this, I don't even care at this stage of my life. I don't even care about breaking a story. I just want stories covered. Mm -hmm. I want people in this valley who are doing injustices to other people to be called out. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that's what this local media, that should be their number one priority. And and unfortunately, it's not. And it hasn't been. Never been. 
Look, the popularity of the Bloom Daddy Morning Show was built on covering stuff that nobody else would touch. And I became hated for it. And I'm okay with that because it was I was doing the right thing. Far too often in this valley, everybody knows everybody. Everybody's related. Nobody would call anybody out. And it had somebody had to put an end to it. But now there's a void. And nobody wants to pick it up. Nobody. And it's sad because, once again, the local residents lose out. Well, and all you had to do at that point in time, and I came to you and I said, listen, there's something up with this. Because out on the streets, as they say, people were asking, who is this guy? Where did he come from? Where is all this money coming from? Mm -hmm. There were a lot of questions. And it was everywhere. And nobody wanted to talk about it. And then you and I started digging into it. And that is the point of media. That is the point of 100%. journalism is to ask questions because if nobody has anything to hide, they'll happily come on a show and answer questions. And that invitation was given multiple times yep. to Jeffrey Morris. Yep. And, and I'll tell you what, I know he's personally friends and was rubbing shoulders with people in the media or people calling the shots in the media. And I'm not going to say who, but they without a doubt, ignored this story mm-hmm. because they had relationships with him. Whether it was professional, pri- whatever it may be, they ignored this story. It's an atrocity to journalism. It really, truly is. I don't know how else to put it. Well, and, and for me, this was my first big controversial story, and I'm proud that I was a part of it because, again, it goes back to the people that he was messing with and not yep. paying and not treating properly well do you remember back when we got the cease and desist and the lawyers mm-hmm. you know kind of reined in and you started it you was know, my first y- your yep. legs were shaking a little <laughs> bit and i said listen we're right yeah you got to believe in that and i said you can't let this stuff bother mm-hmm. you if you're going to do this you can't let it bother mm-hmm. you and you can't you can't but there's a reason for it and i'm yeah. proud of it we'll keep you updated on jeffrey morris because you know the other ones won't well they will now that, he, <laughs> that he's been arrested right but Great. Now it's not so scary. All right. Who are you talking to coming up? I am talking to Jerry Moore II. He is the president of the Belmont County chapter of the NAACP. Get a little history on the NAACP along with some upcoming events. Okay. That's coming up next on the BS Hour. Bloom Daddy and Sam 1170 WWVA. Good morning and welcome back to the BS Hour. And joining me this morning here in studio, Jerry Moore II, president of the Belmont County chapter of the NAACP. Good morning, Jerry. Good morning. So glad to have you with me. Now we're here to couple to talk about a couple upcoming events that you got that you have happening in Belmont County. But before we get to those, I want to talk a little bit about the NAACP, the history and the history in Belmont County. So for those who aren't familiar, we all, we've all heard NAACP. Mm-hmm. But for those that aren't aware of the history of the organization, can you, can you give me a broad history about the NAACP? Sure. Um, so NAACP, we'll start with that. Uh, National Association for Advancement of Colored People is what that stands for. That was established in... 1909. Uh, so you're talking about an organization that's over a hundred and like 15 years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea behind the forming a civil rights organization like the NAACP was to make uh, even and level playing field for everyone. 
1909, there were some women that were involved in informing the NAACP. And why that's so significant is because, you know, uh, in 1909, women didn't have rights to vote. Mm -hmm. They really didn't have a say in their households. Um, you know, uh, for for if you're a history aficionado, most women couldn't even wear pants out in public at this time. Um, so there, there were um, the 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 people that actually formed the NAACP. Uh, had a great idea. What if we level the playing field for everyone and make the American American dream achievable for everyone? Uh, that's the way that you advance America. That's that's how you get America uh, to its tip top, most prestigious form is to pull everybody along. So in 1909, they formed a multicultural. Most people have the misconception that the NAACP is for African-Americans and African-Americans only. Um, that's that's not true. That's not uh, the what the inception of the NAACP was for. Um, it, it basically was a multicultural organization. So it gave uh, a voice for everyone, mm -hmm. for Latinos, for uh, Asian-Americans, for... Um, uh, uh, African Americans for women, uh, it, for the broad spectrum of the melting pot of America, NAACP gave a voice, and we're always going to answer the call to the fight of discrimination. Um, our biggest thing is getting people registered to vote, and if you go, all, if you rewind the clock all the way back to 1909, um, the only people that were allowed to vote in America in 1909. Uh, 1909 were Caucasian, uh, Caucasian males mm -hmm. in America. Um, blacks weren't allowed to vote. Latinos weren't allowed to vote. Asians weren't allowed to vote. Women weren't allowed to vote. Um, so that's our bread and butter is getting people registered to vote so they're aware uh, that they have a right to vote for one, two, uh, of the on incoming issues, uh, whatever they're going to be voting on. Um, that that's our lifeblood. Um, is is um, <clears throat> expressing or helping people express their rights to vote or to vote. Um, secondly, uh, is the civil right issue, and if you look through the history of America, um, you know it's not much has changed from today. I mean, there were people still getting uh, railroaded by the court systems. Uh, there were hangings, lynchings, rapings murders, uh, you name it, that were going on across the country. Um, you know, uh, if you go to 1920, you had the, the Black Wall Street Massacre um, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. There were things that were happening throughout uh, the fabric of America through these times that there was a reason for the NAACP. Um, as things started to change, um, and speaking in regards to like the civil rights movement of the 60s, um, what happened was uh, the NAACP, you know, got involved a little bit more um, in the legislation, uh, how bills are made. Uh, you know, they spoke out against uh, if we felt like a law or a piece of legislation that was coming down uh, the House or the Senate. 
um, was discriminatory in a way, whether it was, you know, regarding women or African-Americans or Latinos or Asians, um, we spoke up. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- there was always... so. Basically, in a nutshell, the NAACP is the voice for the little guy. Exactly. Well, in, in our history, it does have a lot of ugliness. Yeah. And and unfortunately, groups like the NAACP are born because of that. Right. And and as you said, they are a voice for those who don't have the platform. You become the platform and the voice for those who don't have one. And there's different chapters across the country. And you are with the Belmont County chapter that just recently reactivated in 2020. Yes, ma'am. And give me a little what what brought it back and what deactivated it? Uh, Well, what had happened for Belmont County years ago, we're we're talking like 30 from from what? uh, people at the state of Ohio State's NAACP have uh, told me is that Belmont County has been inactive for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason that they had deactivated was uh, a technicality, really, uh, was was membership. They didn't have the membership numbers to sustain a, a chapter and, and to be compliant with the national NAACP. Okay. Um, and and basically what had happened, you had uh, President Blanchard at the time, uh, God rest his soul, he's, he passed on, uh, I think, about a year year or so ago, um, had been, have been doing the work of the NAACP for many years, uh, probably wanted to, you know, probably got a little tired, probably, you know, this fight is, is 24-7, mm-hmm. it's ongoing, um, probably got a little tired and probably wanted to step away and there was probably no one. Uh, that was groomed enough or wanted to had enough fight in him that wanted to carry on the work of the NAACP. Fill the shoes. Unfortunately, that happens a lot with different organizations. And now that you have taken up and, and filled that seat, you've brought it back and you have already started doing multiple events across the area. So let's jump into what the the events that you have coming up. So starting tomorrow, Thursday... September 14th, uh, Community Health Fair at the Bel-, uh, Bel Air High School Gym. Yes. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes. Um, well, I, I tell you what, it, it was a funny conversation. I was walking into Panera Bread. I was hungry one day, got my sandwich, and was getting ready to walk out. And I heard my name, and I look over, and I see Linda Mail, uh, who works for um, Belmont County Health Department. And she called me, mm-hmm. and I grew up with Linda's son, so Lan- little Lance. Uh, <laughs> so I, you know, I walk over, and she was like, "Hey, uh, you know, I, I got something that I think you might be interested in." And she said, "Do you, you know, basically since COVID, our numbers at the health department have fallen for minorities. Uh, so I kind of feel like since COVID." Like, I, I feel like pre-COVID, we were all kind of like in our, into our health, into our fitness, into our wellness. COVID comes around and it's like, pow. Everything, everything paused. Yeah, yeah, everything paused. Mm-hmm. Everything closed up. Um, and I, I don't want to say people don't care about their health anymore. It was just one of the things, you know, in the midst of a, a pandemic, health was one of the things that we kind of like pushed to the side. You couldn't go to a gym to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there were a whole bunch of different things that you couldn't do. And I think since then, um, you know, we were, we kind of got relaxed or laxed a little bit in regards to, you know, our immune, 
immunizations or you know wellness checkups and and things of that nature or whatever um so she basically told me about a need uh that she was seeing from a health department standpoint um and said hey is there anything that you think we could do uh to attract um to, to fill the, the void of having minorities come walk through our door. And I said, well, you know what, let's try to do a health fair. I've never done a health fair. Um, it's been a while since I've seen a health fair in Belmont County. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we partnered up with, uh, end up, Belmont County NAACP partnered up with uh, Belmont County uh, Health Department. We also partnered up with um, Wheeling Health Right, who also has a satellite office now in Belmont County. Um, we partnered up with uh, Women's Tri County and Belair, and the and the gem of this is the Belair School District. I can't speak enough about uh, Derek McAfee, the superintendent of Belair Schools, and how supportive uh, Belair Schools in the town of Belair is for this health fair. Wonderful, and they're going to be doing health screenings and consultations for blood glucose, blood pressure, and much more. This starts at one o'clock tomorrow at the Bel Air High School gym. Again, by the NAACP, Belmont County Health Department, Wheeling Health Right. It's it's community, both yeah. sides of the river is involved in this. So this is absolutely wonderful. And can you tell everybody to learn more about the chapter of the NAACP in Belmont County? Where can they find information and follow everything that you guys have coming up? Okay. Um, well, uh, first I would give you um, our Facebook page. So we have a Facebook page, and uh, it's called uh, Belmont County NAACP Facebook page. Okay. Uh, then we also have a have a website, um, but the Facebook page tends to be updated a lot more frequently than our website. I mean, it's just you know easy one click of a button. Social media, yep. Social media, yep. Simple, um, easy. It, simple, easy. Um, and then, you know, we try to get stuff out to the media, to the news, to the media and, and stuff like that or whatever. But things that we have uh, coming up on the horizon, um, you know, follow us on uh, our website or follow us on the Belmont County NAACP Facebook page. That's um, we're working right now. We're working on a calendar. Um, see, that's one of the things. It's got to be like in steps. Like I wanted to be. You know, three years ago when we reactivated, I wanted to just be like, voila, and wave this wand and everything be in place. But that's, <laughs> not, that's not, it's not how you build anything. It's not that easy. Well, again, Jerry, thank you so much for your time this morning. And I will put this up on our Facebook page about the community health fair that's happening tomorrow. So you can go to the BS Hour with Bloom Daddy and Sam on Facebook to see more information on the health fair and also upcoming events. And I'll share the NAACP Facebook page also. Thank you. All right. Thank, Thank you, you this much. morning, Jerry. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more. You have Speaker Kevin McCarthy directing a House committee to open a formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden over his family's business dealings. Now, McCarthy said the House investigation has found a culture of corruption around the Biden family. James Comer, Republican from Kentucky, going to lead it in coordination with Ways and Means Committee Chairman Jason Smith, a Republican out of Missouri, and House Oversight Committee Chairman Jim Jordan, who joins us now live from Washington, D.C. Congressman, I heard somebody say this is not an official House impeachment inquiry. What exactly does that mean? Well, I think if the Speaker of the House says we're moving into an impeachment inquiry phase of our oversight, I think that that, that it is. 
Uh, there may be a vote at some point on this, too. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But, um, you know, the, the, and the, the distinction has significance in that when you get to the inevitable, you know, back and forth with the executive branch on trying to get access to documents that you may have subpoenaed or may have asked to have and have witnesses come in for depositions and for testimony, uh, the courts I have, have tended to decide with the House of Representatives because you're engaged in an activity that is exclusive to the House under our Constitution, which is the impeachment uh, element, which is, you know, the House of Representatives has to initiate that. So that's the that's the importance, I think, of going to this phase of the oversight. That's why I think the speaker did it, uh, because the facts warrant such. We've always been driven by the facts, the evidence in the Constitution, and that will continue to drive things. Congressman, I've been watching Democrats cry about this. They, they're saying it's politics as usual. It's kind of funny. I was laughing because this Biden case actually has evidence. Two impeachments against then-President Trump were based on no evidence. And when I sit there and I look at the evidence here, you've got Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's best friend and business partner, damning testimony. You have 20 phone calls that President Biden was on with Hunter and his business partners. He went to dinners uh, dinners with Hunter and his business partners. 150-plus SARS reports, those are suspicious activity reports where financial institutions are required to file these whenever they suspect any kind of suspicious activity or transactions related to money laundering or other criminal activities. You got an FBI informant. I mean, there's a lot of evidence here. Yeah. The brand was Joe Biden. Not me saying that. That's Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's uh, business partner, saying that. You got the email, 10% for the big guy, 50% for Pops. Multiple people have said the big guy was, in fact, a reference to Joe Biden. You got the 5,000 emails where he used, Joe Biden used a fake name. You got the WhatsApp shakedown message. You got multiple companies set up, multiple Biden family members receiving millions of dollars over the years from those companies. And then you got multiple times that the White House has changed their story. But the most compelling fact, and you alluded to this, the most compelling fact is what the confidential human source said in the 1023 form uh, actually was validated by actions Joe Biden took. And we learned this from Devin Archer, who said on December 4th, 2015, he and Hunter Biden are meeting with the, the, the people who run the company Burisma. And in that meeting, they said, we're under pressure. Can you help? There's a phone call made to D.C., Devin Archer says, I don't know who they talked to. I stepped away. We know who they talked to. A phone call to D.C. And then five days later, Joe Biden is in Ukraine, December 9th, 2015, and he gives a speech and attacks the prosecutor who gets fired and he uses our money, the money of the people of the 4th District of Ohio, our tax money as leverage to get that done. So that, if that's not compelling evidence and enough to warrant an impeachment inquiry phase, somebody tell me what is. Yeah, and Congresswoman, when I take a look at what this guy has said over and over, I mean, back to 2019 about I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. He claims he never spoke to him. We know that's false. He says his family never received $1 million in payments through a third party. We know that's false. Said his son never made money in China. That's false. That his son's dealings were ethical. That's false. And that his son did nothing wrong. I mean, this guy has lied so much, I think he believes his own lies. Yeah, and you have all those facts, but I think actually what, what will be most compelling as we go through this, what I find most compelling now 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Is how the Department of Justice and David Weiss handled the investigation. And, you know, that that deal they took to the court and the court declined to accept what the whistleblowers have come forward and told us about how this thing unfolded. I mean, and on and on it goes. So I think that is sort of the kicker here. You got all the facts, all the things they've said that turn out not to be accurate, all the money, all the stars, all the stuff we did, we just talked about. But in the end, I think it's the Department of Justice was looking to to do this sweetheart. And we learned from the, the news accounts a couple of weeks ago that the sweetheart deal was supposed to be even sweeter until the whistleblowers came forward. And then they're like, oh, sugar, we got to fix something. And, and they go with this <laughs> thing that the judge that the judge still declined. So I think that's part of this investigation, obviously, as well. We're talking to Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, House Oversight Committee chair, one of three leaders of this impeachment inquiry. I want to take you back to August 9th of 2023 a reporter asked president biden there's this testimony now where one of your son's former business associates is claiming that you were on speakerphone a lot with them talking business and he responded i never talked business with anybody and i knew you'd have a lousy question of course that was peter Ducey from fox news but the evidence Mm -hmm. reveals that then vice president biden spoke dined and had coffee with hunter biden's foreign business associates. You've got an FBI-recorded interview with Rob Walker, a Biden family associate, who reveals that Biden attended a meeting about a Chinese entity. And additionally, Hunter Biden alleged his father was in the room when he demanded payment from that Chinese entity. I mean, the evidence, again, Mm -hmm. is there. Yeah. No, multiple dinners where he sat down with business uh, partners and clients of whatever the business was that they were engaged in. uh, numerous meetings that took place where Hunter Biden's business partners came to the vice president's uh, the vice president residence or to the White House. And then, of course, all the phone calls you alluded to. The, the, the facts are certainly there to to move to this phase. And I, that is exactly why the Speaker of the House um, had his press event today and, and stated what he stated and why we're moving into this phase of our of our oversight work. Congressman, I just saw today, though, there are still some Republicans who are saying, I still need to see more evidence. What, what are they waiting on? What do they need to see? Well, I think some people think, um, you know, but remember that 1023 form, Mr. Zolachevsky, uh, who's the head of the uh, Burisma, it's alleged that he said to the source, and the source reported to the FBI, and this is recorded in that, that form, that by the way, the Justice Department didn't want to let us see, remember. We finally got to see it. But right. Mr. Zolachevsky says that there was millions of dollars paid to Biden's, to get this kind of the, 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 for them to get involved and relieve the pressure that was being placed on Burisma, particularly from the prosecutor. But Mr. Zolotevsky says in there that um, uh, you'll never find the money because it's going it, to I think he says something like it, it will take you 10 years to find how we did the money because we covered our tracks so well. And I'm paraphrasing, but it was something to that effect. Yeah. So I think some members are thinking, like, we got to see the money paid. You know, where's the check written from Hunter Biden right to 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 Joe Biden for I, I, I don't know. But you got all this other stuff that is, again, you can say maybe it doesn't rise to uh, maybe it's not 
where you want it to be. But there's a ton of evidence there. That's for sure. And again, it's, it's why we're moving to uh, this unique phase of our investigation. How confident are you that he used his power to enrich himself, his family, and he used his influence in all of this? I mean, are you 100% confident, 90, 80, what? Well, what I always say is we will, we will look at the facts. Uh, every time I've been involved in some of the biggest investigations, uh, we looked at, you know, when the IRS was targeting conservatives. Uh, I was on the Benghazi Select Committee. And uh, then, of course, I was involved in defending President Trump when they did their ridiculous impeachment of him back in 2019. Um, so I always say, let's just let's just go to the facts, go to the evidence. You got to dig in there. What I do know is all the stuff we've talked about is like, wow, really? There's nothing there, according to what Democrats say. Are you kidding me? So um, it, it sure looks like it's pointing in a direction where President Biden did certain or excuse me, Vice President Biden did certain things. Uh, certain policy preferences, as the 1023 form indicates, uh, he took those actions and his son was receiving uh, uh, financial, you know, his family was getting paid for that kind of stuff. It looks like that. But again, I don't know for sure. And we're going to we're going to just keep digging in here. All right. Before I let you go, the Democratic Party is going to stick together. They're going to say nothing to see here. This is partisan politics. But behind the scenes, what you see and what you hear in D.C., are they very concerned about this? Are they not concerned about this? What do you What's your feel? Well, I think they're concerned about everything. I mean, you, you've seen the numbers. That what he's got like a twenty-eight percent approval rating, or something. You know, whatever the number is. You, you, the, the, the obvious question you ask is, who are these? You know, sixty-some percent say he's, he's doing a terrible job, and you're like, who are these twenty or thirty-some percent who think he's doing a good job? You know, so there's that. There's there's uh, there's just frankly, and this is sad because he's our president. He's president of our great country, the greatest nation ever. He's just not up to the job, and anyone with a brain can see that, that you know, anyone with common sense can see that he just can't handle the responsibilities of being president of the United States. You see it time and time again with things he says, walking off the stage in the middle of the ceremony, on and on it goes. So I think all of that is a concern that uh, everybody, frankly, everybody has, uh, and, and anybody has who's paying attention. Congressman, I know it's been a busy day. Thanks so much for making some time for you me. You bet. All right, you thank bet. Take you. care, guys. Thanks for all you do. All right. That is Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, House Oversight Committee Chair, one of three leaders of this impeachment inquiry. Bloom Daddy back after this. Just got done interviewing Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, House Oversight Committee Chair, one of three leaders of this impeachment inquiry that's been announced by House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to open this formal impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden over his family's business dealings. Absolute roofing text line 21095. From the 419, Bloom Daddy, so Biden can't take a phone call, but Trump can call to get results overturned? Uh, Democrats impeached Trump over that phone call. So, hey, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And it wasn't one phone call, it's 20 to put his influence out there in order to make his family money. If if, if, if If an individual doesn't have a problem with that, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, then you're as corrupt as Joe Biden is. Next next text. From the 330 Bloom Daddy, I agree there's enough to investigate Biden, but to say there's no evidence to launch an investigation into Trump, I don't think you actually believe that. Come on, man. Did I never said that, did I? Not that I know of. I don't, I, I don't even think I invoked Trump. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, so that it, was the comment. What was the evidence? We we found out that Russian collusion was totally made up, to, uh, fake dossier. 
Hillary Clinton, the whole deal. It was an absolute scam. We know that now. So again, somebody needs to cry. Whoever texted that needs to come out from under the rock they've been hiding under and and start doing their research and start paying attention to what the hell is going on. And may I add, calling Mr. Schiff, calling Mr. Schiff, where's the mountains of evidence? Exactly. 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 Last but not least. From the 216, Bloom Daddy, go get VIP Anthony on the phone. I want to hear from Anthony today. I, I really do. Anthony, if you're out there, I'd love to hear from you. I'll get back to more of the evidence regarding Joe Biden coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. But first of all, I want to talk about this, and that is the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland announcing, okay, so here, here's the exact sentence, okay? The exact sentence from WOIO's website. Julia Bingle is the one who wrote this. Carmen, you tell me if you notice something that is off. You ready? Go ahead. The Catholic Diocese of Cleveland recently announced several anti-LGBTQ changes for all their parish schools, diocese schools, parishes, and offices. Did anything in that line stand out to you? Yes, the use of the word anti. Yeah. She decided to put anti-LGBTQ changes in there. Mm-hmm. So why anti? I mean, just because they don't adhere to a group's wants and desires, mm-hmm. does that mean they're anti-LGBTQ? I mean, that's a reporter right there, Julia Bingle, injecting her own opinion into the matter. That's bad journalism. Absolutely. She should be ashamed. She should be ashamed of what she did right there. That's her pushing her own agenda on a story. It simply should have said the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland recently announced changes for their parish schools regarding LGBTQ language. That would have been appropriate. That's acceptable. But she had to throw the the anti in there so the new policy affects employees personnel volunteers students and youth participating in parish or institutional faith formation so this is what they have decided there's a couple here i'm going to go through them only pronouns that accurate accurately reflect a person's god-given biological sex shall be used when addressing that person that's one here's two When using an institution's bathrooms or facilities, all persons must use the bathroom corresponding to their God-given biological sex. Here's another one. A person may only be admitted to an institution that is designated as a single sex consistent with his or her God-given biological sex. A person may only participate in curricular or extracurricular activities, ministries, or other programs that are designated as single sex consistent with his or her God-given biological sex. No person may attend a dance mixer or similar event with a date of the same God-given biological sex or express and or display public sexual attraction to members of the same sex at the event. All institutional records shall reflect a person's God-given biological sex and legal name. No person may engage in so-called social transition surgeries or medical treatments that seek to transition the person to a sex or gender inconsistent with his or her God-given biological sex. Symbols such as LGBTQ price rainbows or LGBTQ uh, pride flags are not allowed to be displayed. Okay, so this is the comment from Mayor Justin Bibb. I extend my heartfelt solidarity to our LGBTQ plus friends and students. Rest assured that this policy, along with any expressions of hatred, don't go unnoticed. How's that hatred? Seriously, how is that hatred? Because you don't agree with 
the LGBTQ stance or their sense of reality, which isn't real, mind you. I mean, if you in your own personal house want to determine one day that you're a cat, a dog, a a male or a female, that's your right. But when you start dictating policy, you start making other people have to adhere to your sense of reality, that's where we have a problem. And that's why I have no problem with the church going down this road. The LGBTQ community could do whatever the hell they want on their own, on their own time. But when they use intimidation and the word hate to dictate and change policy that is based on science, that's wrong. When teachers are getting fired over pronouns, that's wrong. I commend the Catholic Diocese of Cleveland for not only standing up for what is right, but also standing up to the LGBTQ bullies because that's what they are. They are bullies. I don't give a damn what you do on your personal time. I don't. But when you are dictating policy, when you don't get your way and right away you start calling it hate, that's what I have a problem with. Carmen, obviously you're heavily involved with the diocese. What's your stance on this? Love it. Absolutely love it. Bishop Molesic standing up to the slim, or actually the vast minority, um, and that's what the LGBTQ makes up, the vast minority of our faith and overall our population. And for him to come out and lay out these policies, I love it. Look, I was raised by my parents in true traditional Catholic teachings. I was taught true traditional Catholic values in my 12 years at St. Angela Marici in Fairview and St. Edward High School. And for the bishop and the auxiliaries and um, the higher-ups in the diocese to draw the line in the sand and say, look, you know, we are going to base things on your God-given biological sex. So many people, so many agencies, so many entities have, I guess, collapsed under the weight of so few and Bishop Molesic is not doing so. Good on you, Bishop. I love it. And look, this is not hate being come, you know, coming from me. I respect Mayor Bibb's stance. I respect people's opinions in the LGBTQ community. But this is what I believe, and I hope that mutual respect is there coming back toward me. I don't respect Mayor Bibb injecting expressions of hatred Hate, because well, yes. whenever, whenever the LGBTQ community stands up for what they want, they're applauded. But if the Catholic diocese or anybody else stands up for what they believe in, they're called haters or they're called all these names. And that's where I go back to the LGBTQ community is the closest thing to a damn terrorist organization in this country that you could possibly be to a damn terrorist organization in this country because they will terrorize you if they don't get their way and that's how they get their way and more people have got to grow a set or or have a spine and start standing up and saying nobody is telling you you can't do or be who you want to be nobody is that would be a sign of hate if if i'm making fun of somebody because they're a they're a man and they want to be a woman then that's hate if i'm not hiring them based on that that's hate if 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 i'm treating them differently because of that that's hate. But if I'm saying, look, we've got certain standards that we're going to abide by that are based on science, that is not hate. That is called common sense, and that is called making a stand. That's what that is called. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.